Good evening, everyone. You all alive and awake and still here? Great. I'm here in a little, yes. Um, so I wonder how you're doing this evening. I wonder how you felt as you walked in through the doors. I wonder what you were carrying. I wonder whether you're actually feeling really okay and life is going really well. It might be that you're a fresher or you're a student that's returning and quite daunted by what's coming this year or you're going to sixth form or you're going into a new year in school. This, this academic year might look different for you, so you might feel a little bit worried even. It might be that you are really feeling the heavy weight of grief. It might be that the death of Queen Elizabeth II has not just raised emotions about her and what she stands for, but it might also have raised emotions from people that you've known, who you've lost. I wonder what you're carrying. Well, I want to encourage you today that this is about bringing it to the cross. I don't want you to leave it at the door and then spend time in this, in this room and then leave again and pick it back up as you walk out the door. Bring it here and um, we're going to give it to the Lord now. And during the next few moments that we have together, this is about saying to the Lord, I need you, show me what you're doing. Help me, I need you, God. So we're in a bit of a series at the moment in September, looking at rule of life. You might have seen these dotted around. We will get more in, I promise. Um, you can get some of these online as well, so you can go to our website and see this. This is um, The series we're in at the moment is rule of life, and it might actually evoke some um, pretty strong reaction in you about rule of life. That might sound really legalistic, but actually that's not what it is. It's the complete opposite of that. Rule of life is, um, if you think about a trellis, some people find this a helpful image. A trellis holds up a plant in order for it to flourish and to be fruitful. And that's what a rule of life is. It's the, the trellis that we hang our life on. And a healthy rule of life is centering Jesus right at the core. It's in the intentional choice of putting Jesus at the centre and through this series, um, we've, we've broken down all the healthy habits that we can have to like, form this structure in our life um, into four key areas. Last week, we looked at prayer. Today, we're looking at rest. Next week and the following week, we'll be looking at work and service and then relationships. Four really key areas for us to be thinking about when we look at our lives and say, Lord, I want to be intentional and walk with you. Um, and so you can find out more in this um, or online. I definitely recommend getting one of those. And Queen Elizabeth II had a rule of life. We all have a rule of life. And Queen Elizabeth had, um, once, once a year, she had this Christmas speech, didn't she? And some of you may have watched many of those. Some of you might not have watched any of them at all. But in 2014... Um, she said some really beautiful words. She said, For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. A role model of reconciliation and forgiveness, he stretched out his hands in love and acceptance and healing. Time and time again, she spoke of the Lord's steadfast love, his faithfulness. 
And in this rule of life of her reminding the nation that this is who Jesus is, it was such a blessing. So I would love for you to turn to your neighbour. We're going to look at this whole whole thing of rest. We're going to zoom right out and I'm going to give you an extra day this week. This week, you've got an extra day between Tuesday and Wednesday. What would you do? What's the one thing that you would plan in that would bring you joy? Turn to the people around you and you've got a couple of minutes. So let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. I'm imagining that across this room, there will have been different reactions to that that question. I would hazard a guess that some of you would put in instantly, I need to see all my friends and we need to go to the beach or go into the Cotswolds or go wild water rafting. I don't know. Doing something that's different. And some of you would have thought, oh, actually, no. I need to have a good book and stay inside and, uh, and, and curl up on my sofa. This is a public safety announcement. Rest is different for everyone. Every single person in this room has a different uh, relationship with that word, rest. So for some of you, it would look very um, extroverted. And for some of you, you would find more energy and life in, in having more of an introverted day. And that's good. It shows the variety of God's creation. That is who he's made us to be. What works for one isn't going to work for another. Whether you're single, whether you're married, it's going to look different. And this is, this is one of the things in which I want us to be aware of as we journey through this. And it's the same with all of the different rule of life topics that we're going to look at. We relate to each other. We relate to work We relate to rest, we relate to prayer differently. But these are four really key areas for us to be considering. So I wonder if a friend was to say to you, you really need to rest, you need to slow down. I wonder what your reaction would be. Would it be, oh yeah, totally, I'm totally all in, I'm so excited to have some time off. Or is it, oh gosh, everything will fall apart if I step away right now. Or is it, I can't deal with the emotions that I'm going through right now, so therefore I'm just going to keep working. Well, as we take a look at rest and what scripture says, what Jesus himself says, we're going to explore some of the important principles and we're going to look at how we we can apply that. So our key scripture today is uh, Matthew 11, verses 29 to 30. It's going to come up on the screens. If you want a Bible, there are some at the back. It's on page 736 if you want one of those Bibles, um, or just switch on your phone. And the passage is, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now we need that message, don't we? We're in an age of anxiety. The phrase was coined in 1947, but it's more true now than it ever has been before. Technology has ramped up. We are constantly able to be communicated with and it can get exhausting. Our culture celebrates busyness, the hustle of life, and it can be really easy to not be present in the moment and be thinking about all the different things that you need to be doing. But pausing is something that's really important. So I was a composer, I did um, composition at university, and in my first year, I very excitedly wrote a new piece for a saxophone quartet, so four saxophones. And I wrote this and I took it to my um, personal tutor and I lay it in front of her and I was really, really happy with what I'd done. And she took a look at it and then she looked at me and she said, Holly, where are they going to breathe? I'd completely forgotten that saxophonists need to breathe. And actually, it was a really important key message I needed to learn through writing music. And it's a really key important thing that we need to learn in doing life, that we need to be able to breathe. We need to stop looking at rest as an option. We need to stop looking at rest as a reward, as something that we can only do when we achieve what we need to do. Rest isn't also the absence of activity. Rest isn't emptiness, it isn't nothingness. Rest isn't the time that you spend not thinking about the tough stuff by binge-watching Netflix or scrolling through TikTok. So what does the Bible say that rest is meant to be then? Rest isn't the absence of activity, it's the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. That quote I read at the beginning from the Queen declared that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. This is a phrase that's used throughout Scripture. He is our Prince of Peace. And peace is the absence of anxiety. True rest reminds us that we actually have a soul, that we're not just a body that's physical, but we have more to us. We're not a machine. We need to breathe. So what if we could live from this place of rest, this place of doing life? Well, the way in which we could do that is that we need to unpick what society tells us rest is and what life is. We need to, firstly, be willing to be reformatted. And secondly, we need the Spirit to come and do his work in us. So what does Jesus mean when he says he will give rest? So in the passage that we looked at earlier, we, um, we see that Jesus said about he would give us rest. I will give you rest. It's a promise. 
So like a good Anglican, I've got three points, but they don't alliterate, I'm so sorry. The first point is that rest is an invitation. It says, come, come to me, all. Earlier on, just a couple of verses earlier, Jesus says, um, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Rest is here for all of us. It's not about us getting a better theology and then we can rest. It's not about us looking a certain way. It's not about us doing anything other than coming and saying, Lord, I want to receive this from you. You don't need to do anything. David, who was um, a king in the Old Testament, wrote a a load of um, poetry and songs and he in Psalm 4 is in distress and he's in trouble and he's finding things really difficult and it's only seven verses long but by verse 7 after he's declaring how difficult things are he says I in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone O Lord will keep me safe he's able to rest because of the presence of God with him Elizabeth Elliot, a wonderful, um, a wonderful woman who's got a phenomenal story and uh, has written many books, said, the secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. How often do we look for a better set of circumstances in order to do something and, and to look different? So this word rest... It'll hopefully come up on the screen in a second. The Greek is actually anapol. I don't think I'm saying it right, but I'll do my best. That word means to refresh. He wants to refresh you. He wants to let you collect your strength. He wants to give you strength. And what I love about this word is it actually also means patient expectation. It's really easy for us to keep going, keep going, keep going and miss the point, miss the hope. But in this word of rest that he will give us, rest is this promise of expectation, this promise of hope, this different perspective. So rest is an invitation, number one. Rest, number two, is a skill. Rest is a skill that we need to learn, as well as being a gift that we're given. If we look at the passage that we were just in, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is a process where we need to be watching and cut yourself some slack. It's a process. There are times where we're not going to get it right. (laughs) And who is he? Well, he's gentle and he's humble in heart. So the skill in rest is inviting him in and learning from him so that we too can be humble and gentle in spirit. You see, the more time you spend with someone, the more you look like them. And this is what it's all about. The pace that Jesus had was very different to the pace I had. He was interruptible, he was flexible, he was full of grace, full of humility, full of hope. And I certainly need more of that. 
So rest is an invitation, rest is a skill, and rest, thirdly, is the starting point. We were created to do life from rest. In the creation story, you see that Adam and Eve were created, and what happens the next day? It's the Sabbath, a day of rest where the Lord celebrates. The word Sabbath comes from the word to savor, to celebrate. That's what rest is. So if that's where we're starting from, how often do we put in rest before anything else in our diaries? There's an image here in this passage of a yoke. And I thought it'd be helpful for us to actually see what a yoke is. So this is a yoke. Um, and the Britannia definition is a bar or frame that is attached to the heads or necks of two work animals, such as oxen, so that they can pull a plough or a heavy load. So this is what Jesus is inviting us into. He's inviting us into a connection with him where he will never leave us. The promise that he is with you always to the very end of the age is one that is often repeated in scripture. And when you look at the message paraphrase of this verse, you see, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Rest isn't the absence of activity. It is the presence of Jesus. Now, these things that are ill-fitting can be really easy to pick up. There are things that we can pick up and carry with us that are just not designed for us to be carrying. And they're not always obvious. Because not all good things are the best for us to carry. So whilst being in the context of the presence of Jesus, asking him to reveal what is it I'm supposed to be carrying today. That's when we can learn how to better travel and, and pick up what he has for us. So I've got an illustration. I've got a load of bags. We can really easily pick up bags. I'm hoping they will stand up. No, they're not. Okay. The first kind of bag that we can pick up that is perhaps not for us to carry, is somebody else's bag. So this bag is for somebody else to carry. This might be actually for a therapist to work through with somebody. It might actually be for somebody else to pray with that person. It might actually be that that person needs to work through some stuff themselves with the Lord. But it's really easy to take responsibility for things that are not our responsibility. So that's bag number one. Haha, <laughs> it stayed up. The second one is God's. This can be really easy for us to do when we feel out of control. We can really easily pick up something that is not ours to carry, but actually we need to let go and let God be God. This isn't going to stand, but you get the idea. And this one, which is my personal favourite, is no one's bag. 
this is the bag actually that is my expectation of me. The expectation that nobody else has on me. But I want it to look perfect. I want it to look good. So this, it might seem small, but there are some bags that are nobody's bag to carry. And finally, the most important bag is your bag. We've each been given a purpose. And so when we're looking at rest, in order to have a good, healthy balance with rest, we need to know what is ours to carry so that we can carry it freely and lightly, as Jesus says here. So what is your bag to carry? I'm going to invite Andrew and the band to come up because we're going to do a bit of prayer now into these things. It might be that when you heard we were talking about rest that you thought, oh, this isn't what I want to hear. It might be that some of these bags are things that you were instantly able to put things to in your own life. I wonder what it is that the Lord is actually calling you to carry. I wonder what he's asking you to put down and telling you how you can do that in a wise way. So as Andrew and the band come up, let's take a moment to think about what you need to maybe put down, what we need to put down.